everybody. It's your buddy Jack. How's everyone doing? Um, I'm glad to um, see you guys or hear you guys or hope you guys <laughs> are listening. This podcast thing has always been kind of a funny thing because it's hard to say until next time or see you then, right? It's kind of strange, but it's all good. If you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. I appreciate you so much. It looks like uh, some of you have been sharing uh, my podcast, some of the listening points have um, have gone up, and I greatly, greatly appreciate it. If it's the end of your day, I hope it was a blessed one. If you're just getting your day started, I hope it will be a blessed one, right? Nothing wrong with having a good day. Hopefully, you're having that a good day. My day has been good. My day has been good, and I am grateful to be here sharing with you, as I always am. Right, you guys know uh, if you've been listening for a while um, that I I hope you get something out of the things that I discuss, the topics that I share, um, because they help me as well. You'd be surprised how many times doing one of these has been more of a process uh, for me, processing my own thoughts, feelings, and emotions, um, and getting through some of of my own stuff. Right, because I'm telling you. Just because you become an addictions counselor or a peer support specialist um, or the other one, which is called a recovery peer support specialist, um, doesn't exempt you from life on life's terms, right? Um, None of those titles, whether you're those or a social worker, psychologist, whatever, it doesn't exempt you from life on life's terms, right? So real quick, don't forget to hit that support button, right? I appreciate anything and everything you feel led to contribute to this podcast. It is truly a blessing for me, and I count it all a blessing, right? No matter what it is. And don't forget to hit that support or message button, right? Start a conversation with me. I've had a few good ones. Um, People have shared some things that... um, either I didn't think of or just shared their own point of view on something. Uh, It's really pretty cool, and I love those conversations. So in my last podcast, we talked about grief and how it can impact a relationship, right? Um, Because it can be tough on a a relationship, a marriage, right? It uh, can take a lot of strength in each individual to create... Um, a combined strength, strength that is strong enough to overcome every tough challenge, right? You're hoping that that's what happens. You guys come together and combine your strength, spiritually and emotionally speaking, and work through things that tend to rock your relationship, right? Um, It's a good thing. And, you know, sometimes, although I, I, I leaned in the podcast more towards how grief can create a lot of stress in a relationship. Uh, It can damage a relationship um, to the point of breakup or divorce. But I have also seen where grief, processing grief grief together, um, has strengthened a couple, right? So it could go. It could go either way, right? Depending on the couple. In every struggle... Um, I've ever discussed in this podcast, um, 
when they all have one thing they all have in common is the strength that's needed to overcome them. Some couples, right? Some families can do it. Some will come together, band together, and become stronger than they were before the struggle or issue, right? Some will fall short and allow for the struggle or issue to consume their relationship like a bomb going off. I don't know what happens that uh, keeps a couple or family from helping each other. Maybe it's pride. Um, Maybe there's some degree of jealousy over something that's happened in the family. I don't know. Who knows? All I know is that if it were not for my wife and I seeing the strength in what we have, um, I draw strength from her, right? And I feel like she draws strength from me. Or There are a lot of times we could have just, there were a lot of times we could have just thrown in the towel, but we didn't. We have a grandson we haven't seen in almost three years. He's seven. <clears throat> Although it's not the same as the passing away of a loved one, the grief is all the same to us, right? His parents um, being is, is, they're just in trouble all the time, right? His parents, one of them is my youngest stepdaughter. And of course, her boyfriend or husband, I'm not even sure if they're married or not, right? But they're in active addiction and have history of drug dealing. And it sounds like they could be in trouble again currently. I don't know to what extent, really. I can see the stress in my... Uh, and my wife, right? I can see the stress she's going through. We're both going through. But she will actually try to imagine the drug use and or the dealing going on around the kids and picturing it just makes it worse. I'm not quite sure why she has a tendency to try to work all that out in her head because it seems to bother her more emotionally when she does. On top of this, she's struggling with a few medical issues and stressing over those as well. And to top it all off, she hasn't been uh, been able to work much. Now, I've said all of that to say this. Now's not the time for me to become the bullheaded, insensitive, entitled husband. Now is not the time for my for any husband in this situation to become careless in his approach regarding um, what she's going through. Because truth be told, we're going through it together. Right? I'm her life partner, right? You've heard me talk about that dozens of times. This is a moment in time that we have to find the strength in each other. You have to find strength in each other. So that's what we're talking about today, finding strength in each other. Right? Figuring out how to lean on each other, what it takes. You guys know, if you've been listening for a while, I'm a man of faith. I truly believe that um, this has a spiritual, the guys can have to be or are, should be um, spiritual head of the house. 
now is not the time for me to be the weakest link. This is not a battle of who is struggling more. It's a situation that is more about how we are struggling together. Together as a team, right? As life partners. Her struggles are my struggles and vice versa. So even after 22 years of marriage with five children, right? Five children who all have kids of their own. Our two boys have families of their own are happily married and doing well. The three girls, uh, well, two of the three, <laughs> I discussed some of um, the chaos in the youngest one's life just earlier. She's the one that's having some legal issues now. But two of them that um, live here in Texas with me and my wife, two of the girls are great with kids, right? And they're raising them on their own and they're managing. But despite the fact most of um, every, most everything is going well, right? Today, I can say that most everything is okay with all of us. We're not exempt from feeling stress, as I said. Life can still attack us, too. We have a great home, great home life, and have great church friends and family, yet struggles still find us. Just because couples finally get in sync or get clean and sober, or learn to manage their mental health, doesn't exempt you either, right? Troubles will come, and they will pass. They're just for a moment. Keep that in mind. They're just for a moment. It will pass. So you have to band together to get through them, not attack each other over them. If one spouse <clears throat> is struggling you're both struggling. Why? Because at any given any given issue can rattle a whole household to include the young children, right? Even if they're toddlers or teens, major struggles or issues can rattle the whole house. Why when everything is going well, you can love and hug and play, right? Why can't we keep doing that? Why is that? When everything is going well, you can love and hug on each other and, and play, and you know, but as soon as something chaotic occurs, you quit the team. One of the things that has worked for us is continually drawing strength from each other, God and our faith, right? We continually draw strength from each other, God and our faith. I'm telling, um, I'm telling you that over the last 22 years, we've thoroughly had our butts whooped a few times, bluntly put. In 22 years, there have been times where we have just taken a beating. But, you know, couples do. Especially if you have adult children that just can't seem to pull it together. And on several occasions, 
any weaker couple would have thrown in the towel. Right? And some of the things that we have gone through, some other couples, and I don't mean weak as in weak-minded, weak people, but spiritually, emotionally speaking, they would have thrown in the towel. Because really, I guess, some for some young, very young couples that are together, or maybe even married, I don't know if they see marriage as just um, an accessory, right? Until they get bored or something stops going their way. I don't know what it is. But with the things that we've gone through, we're going to have to be strong people together, strong couple together, only because... You won't band together in one accord, one unit, one fighting force. Things can steal your happiness, right? Another thing I know is strength needs flexibility. I read this from um, from discoverprograms.org, this little piece here I'm fixing to share with you. I began to think about the construction of all the new skyscrapers. And this guy's talking about skyscrapers that he noticed in his town. It occurred to me that these buildings have some similarities to people. In the last few years, I've learned about skyscraper construction and how these super tall buildings must flex to stay upright. Designers even build models of their buildings alongside the surrounding buildings to determine the effects of wind from various directions. If a building were built to be super rigid, then it would also be brittle. And that's not good. Man, that is just an amazing point. If they're built to be rigid, then they would also be brittle. Mm. So designing flexibility into these giants gives them more strength. Wow. That is so neat to hear and so applicable too. They design these buildings with flexibility so it gives them more strength. Some of the tall buildings even have huge water tanks on their roofs. The tanks can supply the building's fire suppression system, but they also act as a huge damper, stabilizing the building and reducing the sway that can cause people to get seasick. Boy, that's pretty neat, right? Pretty neat. And it's just crazy. And it goes on to say, we see this same need for flexibility in people as well. Rigid attitudes and views don't make for fun conversation or good business or relationship negotiation. Mm, That makes sense. We see this in politics too, right? Which is true. Give a little bit to get what you want. It's simple to understand, but it's not always easy to do. Sometimes we have a definite name for flexibility. We call it vulnerability. Mm, That's good. And vulnerability in the right context is very powerful. 
It takes time and trust to show vulnerability, whether at work, school, or at home. But the reward is worth it. Vulnerability results in deeper, more meaningful relationships. I have to agree with that for sure. Um, I think that's a big thing for my wife and I. I don't know about you guys, but I found this analogy very interesting and applicable. Man, that's good stuff, right? Research suggests that most important, the most important ingredient in sustaining a long-term relationship is emotional accessibility or availability. I really hope that both of these characteristics are present in every marital relationship. I'm not sure how well you function without them. Put another way, couples able to weather tough times together tend to have established some emotional safety in their relationship. You have to feel safe to know that your partner has your back. It can be real difficult to achieve, especially when couples are struggling. It's so true. You got to be able to not just, I guess, not just know that despite what happens to you, good or bad, your significant other, your spouse, your partner is going to be there to weather that storm with you. Right? Whether they have good insight to share, or whether they come across as some big spiritual guru, or whether they say nothing at all, you know they are there by your side. It's a good feeling, right? It's a good feeling. But with that sense of safety and security, people feel they can be exactly who they are in the moment and still be accepted and understood. Man, that holds lots of truth, lots of truth. But with that sense of safety and security, people feel they can be exactly who they are in the moment and still be accepted um, and understood. You can't feel safe with somebody if you don't feel like they value you as a person. Mm. Is that wholesome truth too? I think so. I think so. I think some people... Especially, I think women have that maybe more so than men, the need to feel safety, right? Feel some safety and security in a relationship, right? Feel some sort of emotional connection, right? There's got to be that emotional investment in each other to feel those things. Um, Because it's very hard. It is very hard to open up to somebody when the relationship is just empty, right? Right? Without emotional safety and security, there seems to be a lack in trust as well. Seems to be a lack in trust as well. Some food for thought, right? Guys, maybe you wonder, why does she not come to me? And share some of those thoughts and feelings or emotions. Right? She talks to her girlfriends a lot. uh, Or she talks to other friends, whether they're male or female, right? Why is it that she doesn't feel safe coming to me, right? Because maybe you haven't reached the point where you guys have 
created strength within each other, right? We're talking about finding strength in each other. And if it feels like that is absent, that could be your answer, right? That could very well be your answer for why she has a hard time. And in most cases, I feel like that could explain a lot, right? That could explain a lot. And maybe it was, maybe it's not intentional that you sort of created this atmosphere that your significant other doesn't feel as though they can come to you, right? Some guys are just not, I guess you would say, in touch with their emotional side, right? A lot of guys are just, we're just born to be gruff and edgy and angry, right? Builders and solvers and fixers. And unfortunately, women seem, seem to be the total opposite. They don't need all of that, right? Is my assumption is why they don't always feel safe or secure enough. Um, to come to you. Now, on another note, if you're just an abusive type guy, there's your answer for sure, right? If she can't come to you without feeling put down and belittled, then no, no, she's not coming to you, right? I've talked about that before too, right? Sometimes you hold the answer to why she doesn't open up to you. <laughs> Boy, that'll preach, right? Mm. The way people react to stress differs greatly and has a lot to do with their upbringing. But you can also find individuals who have simply grown past issues and have matured spiritually and emotionally speaking. Some people might yell um, when they're upset, for example, or tend to turn away and avoid their partner. Uh, during stressful times, if the person you love is distant, it can bring about a kind of panic. The same panic that a child might feel when their mother, father, caregiver is nowhere to be found. Right? You ever seen that happen in a store? Any kind of store? Grocery store or clothing store where a kid is just separated enough from mom or dad, even though they're just a few feet away, but blinded by a clothing rack or display of some sort, and the child can't find them, you can see the panic and fear in their eyes. It's just devastating. The ability to manage your own emotions, therefore, is extremely important. We know when people have trouble managing negative feelings, or stressors. The spillover effects can negatively affect relationships. There's no one way to react to stress, but having some awareness about our tendencies can help keep marital problems from escalating. If you know that you tend to not handle stress well, and you know what the buildup is, Right? That's when you need to intervene with yourself. Not allow it to escalate to where you're snapping at everybody. Right? 
Because once you start doing that, you can forget about leaning on your significant other for strength. Right? Because now you've done upset them. And they don't feel like talking. Right? So cut it off at the pass. One, once people recognize their patterns, they can create more healthy interactions. And when couples have some awareness about their partner's patterns, this is where you have to get to know each other, right? And that will be a big plus if you can see it, if you can sense the stress before it builds, right? Having some awareness about their partner's patterns, it can help them be more compassionate toward each other as well, right? But that doesn't mean, that doesn't give you permission to get snippy ahead of time. It's really weird to me when I see couples together and maybe there's a couple minutes of silence during a conversation. Um, Maybe there's just a weird tick or something that one spouse will do, one partner will do, and the other one will assume that it's an attitude. And you hear them say, what's your problem? Or what's with the attitude when there really was not truly a display (laughs) of either thing. They were just maybe, I don't know, flipping their hair to get it out of their face. All right. We're going with benefit of the doubt here. Not every little gesture is about copying an attitude. Right. So don't call it out until you're sure. Right? Be compassionate. Example, rather than blowing up at a partner for storming out during an argument, they can de-escalate without avoiding the problem by saying something like, I know you need some time to cool down, and that's fine. But we need to talk this through in the next day or two. Why is it not okay for someone to separate themselves before things get worse. To me, there's a, a degree of maturity in that. Right? And it's funny that some couples, some people can will, can tell you that they don't want to talk. I don't want to hear it. I need to go cool down. But as soon as the partner does that, there's a problem. Like, I don't know why it's okay for you to need to cool down and separate for a few minutes. But when your partner tries to implement that coping mechanism you lose your cool it makes no sense right there's a degree of maturity in that when someone knows that they're not going to say the things that they need to say it's going to come across very dysfunctional right you draw strength from each other from understanding and having compassion for the need for someone to take a time out Marriage is a um, is legally recognized union of two people, historically male and female. Historically. I know times have changed. That's okay. Right? Um, historically male and female who have decided to be partners. They spend time with each other or are responsible for themselves. Right? Which is good. They do. They spend time with each other, are responsible for themselves, Start a family, you know, with kids maybe, and grow old. 
it's beautiful to see two individuals decide that they want to be with each other for the rest of their lives. It's also not as easy. <laughs> not as easy. It's not as easy a commitment to make. Again, my wife and I, if it's not for the spiritual and emotional strength that we draw from each other, oh, we probably would have thrown in the towel a long time ago. But I feel like I make her stronger. And I know, I absolutely know that she makes me stronger. We've been together 24 years, married for 22. And I know that it's been at least that long since I've had an, an anger or rage outburst. Just her simple presence in my life brings me peace. I wish that I could bottle that up in a pill and give it free to couples, right? We draw strength from each other. She brings me peace. Not to say that I still haven't struggled with some depression and anxiety over, over the course of our relationship because of this younger um, stepdaughter of mine. And, you know, there's been some other family stressors that have occurred. Um, but I'm a lot calmer person. And I know that it's because of her. There's more to marriage than the wedding ceremony. The euphoria of moving in with each other right? Having marital sex or a change in the last name, uh, a married couple's life would change forever. Aside from that, you become one, right? Marriage is hard work to sustain. And by this, I don't mean suffering. Well, there's a huge difference, right? It's hard work to sustain a good, healthy marriage. And no, that doesn't imply that there's always suffering. It's not going to be all sweet, right? Not always going to be easy. There will be ups and downs, but those ups should outweigh the downs. Or you're not doing something right. There should be more ups than downs. The ups should build you up as a couple. The ups are the times where you're building strength, like in a gym, where you're pumping iron, right? It doesn't happen over time. You don't get those big, healthy arms and legs and strong lungs and healthy heart rate and strong heart, right? It doesn't happen overnight. That all happens while things are up. And it builds you stronger and makes you more prepared for when the downs come. For any healthy, happy, and stable home, there are certain struggles each spouse should learn and sustain. However, you and your spouse have to decide what works for you. As some values are either more or less important to each other. Luckily, my wife and I are on the same page as far as that goes. We're both strong in our faith. We both believe in God. Right? Our church family is just as important to us as 
our regular family. We love to volunteer at a church. We love participating in Celebrate Recovery. We do that together. We've done that together as a couple since 2008. And we've worked together in the same field for just about as long as we've been together and had employment in the same facility for six years. We do it together. We do it all together. Love is perhaps our most powerful emotion. And the need to be in a loving relationship may be one of the strongest needs we have. Being in an intimate relationship makes us feel connected, not only to our partner, but also to the world at large. When our hearts are filled with love, we feel proudfully content and satisfied. We become more patient, more empathetic, kinder, and gentler. And maybe it is the peace that my wife creates for me, right? My interpersonal peace that I feel because of her is probably what keeps me from feeling overwhelmingly anxious or angry, right? Building up to rage. Maybe those are the connecting dots, and that's how I gain my strength from her. But most importantly, here are a couple of things that we do. First, we stay friends. Any healthy relationship must be based on a solid, underlined friendship. As I've said before, my wife and I like to do a lot of things together. Very rarely are we apart. She does, though. It's not like I'm holding her captive. Right? Sometimes her older uh, stepdaughter, my oldest stepdaughter, or even the middle one, because there's three, the two older ones, they do like to do things with their mother, right? Um, the oldest one likes to go to the casino from time to time and loves to take her mother, which is great because now that she's an adult, she's a woman, it's great not only mother-daughter time, but sisterhood time, woman time. And I think, I think that is just as important. Right? But again, my wife and I, we are friends too. And there are times that we do things together without the kids, with the kids. There are times that we'll just sit on the couch and watch a movie together. Right? We'll sit on the couch in the late evening and watch a show, have coffee, go for drives. We love to ride the motorcycle. I'm grateful that she is a woman that likes to ride motorcycles. Right? We went for a ride on, on Easter Sunday. It was a beautiful ride, beautiful day. Temperature was perfect. Right? We are friends too. And that's a key piece to being in a good, healthy state of mind when you're around each other. Remember to treat your partner with the same kindness, respect, and appreciation as you would a close friend. Because you guys know that sometimes we are harder on the people we love the most. Right? There are some people out there in the world that do tend to treat their friends better than their partners. Which doesn't make sense to me. It should be at least the same. Just like this says, remember to treat your partner with the same. 
kindness, respect, and appreciation as you would any given friend. Support, listen to, and laugh with each other. You have to have that. Luckily, we have um, right now at this moment one grandchild, the only girl out of 12 grandchildren still living with us. Um, and she brings laughter into our home. A lot of stress, too. She's special needs. But she brings a lot of laughter in our home. And I can't even begin to explain how important that is. Don't allow yourselves to be rude or disrespectful to each other. Don't allow it. If you feel like you're fixing to do something that's going to be rude or disrespectful, please stop yourself. Please stop yourself. Another important thing, stay connected. Couples need to spend a lot of time with each other. And you do. You know, last night we went to bed an hour early just so we could lay in bed and watch TV together. Right? It's a little bit different than being on the couch and watching TV. The bedroom is a little more intimate. Right? The bed is a little more intimate. And we're laying there cuddling, watching TV. Right? Find ways to stay spiritually and emotionally connected. That creates more strength. Right? As I said, all the ups. You got to draw strength from all the ups. That is an up. That is a definite up. Right? That's like a power up. So when things come our way that are not so up, it's one of the downs. We've drawn strength from each other because of those intimate moments. Yes, spend a lot of time with each other. There is no substitute for quality and quantity time. Right? No substitute for at least quantity of time. Hopefully it's quality, but quantity of time. Stay connected. Some would encourage couples to take half a day of a week to go out on a date. Take half a day. Right, or at least I know it's hard sometimes for some people to leave work, but even if it's on a weekend, right, take some time to yourselves. In addition, devote at least 15 minutes of your day to meaningful one-on-one conversation. Right? Just a few minutes to acknowledge each other's day, what might be stressing Right? You guys, one or the other, take the time. And it is a time. No, do it with no TV and no kids. Right? Even if it's just five or ten minutes. Maybe not a whole 15 to 20 minutes, but take the time. Get physical. Physical intimacy is a natural and healthy extension of a relationship. Our best sexual intentions are often put to rest. However, as we collapse into an exhausted heap at the end of the day, instead you and your partner need to consciously commit to turning up the heat. Leave the dishes in the sink, 
turn the laptop off and just do it right just do it set the mood with sensual music maybe or light some calming um aromatherapy candles of some sort or incense learn to communicate your loving energy through touch vital vital point last point but definitely not the least you can definitely communicate and say a lot of things just in touch and caressing each other and being emotional and spiritually available to each other in that sense mm, that'll preach too right wow drawing strength from each other is key and those are some of the best ways to do it i appreciate you guys thanks again for listening and until next time be blessed everybody and again thank you for tuning in Thank you.